We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Dell Technologies Match Play Championships for 2023. The research, the preview, the picks, everything to get you ready for the tournament you want to play in the Listener's League. Easy. Link is down in the description. There are only 2,000 spots this week because of the Wednesday start, and some people just are going to forget that it starts on Wednesday. So we had to put it at 2,000 to ensure that it's going to fill. The faster we get it filled, the bigger we're going to get it for the Masters. So it's three weeks away, so we should probably get on that, right? Down in the description. Smash the like to the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network. And because the Masters is so close, highly recommend that you get fantasynational.com. Go to fantasynational.com slash mayo right now. Get yourself 20% off the monthly membership. It'll take you match play all the way past the Masters. So, and you really do want it for this week, mainly because the Fantasy National lineup generator will make sure that you are able to allocate all your players in each of the quadrants to make sure that you're not overlapping. Tambo and I will discuss this more on Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday's DraftKings show mainly because there are different strategies that you can employ for the match play championship. I believe that Feinberg and I are going to go live on Monday because the bracket release is at noon Eastern time. So we'll probably go like noon 15-ish 
Eastern Time live, and then we'll break down each of the brackets, make our picks, and then we'll finalize everything on Tuesday and talk you through the strategy. So everything is a day up this week in terms of golf because it is an extra day on the tournament because of the special circumstances. Now, here are the things that you need to know about the match play. There's 64 players, obviously no live guys are playing, so it's a bit of a watered-down field than what we're used to seeing, and a lot of the guys who frankly did well at the match play over the years are playing on the live tour, so a lot of the course history, if you're not Kevin Kisner, Billy Horschel, Matt Kuchar, or Scotty Scheffler, you know, they're, they're playing for some guaranteed money over on the live tour right now, so the course history is going to be a little bit tough, and it's awkward to take a look at it, because everyone gets separated into four player groupings. One player from each grouping is going to advance to the knockout stage starting with 16 players. So 16 groups of four, everyone is guaranteed three matches before you get to the knockout stage. So the strategy would be try to take at least four guys, one from the top, bottom, much like the NCAA bracket, one from each quadrant, and hopefully you can get four guys in the final four. Now, that never actually happens, but you do want to have that upside of having your guys at least try to get two guys to be able to play in the championship match. That's how you're going to win on DraftKings this week. Or at least try to get to the three of the four final four because the third place game is also live as well. So you get that extra match. And that's how you score points this week. The more your golfers can play, the more points you're going to accrue. It's that easy. Uh, and, you know, the more that they play means that the more that they're winning. So it goes hand in hand with all of that. Um so that's really it for the gist of it. It's, you know, birdie streaks aren't a thing this week, but whole one streaks are a thing this week. It's no different than when we see it like Ryder Cup DraftKings or President's Cup DraftKings. It's a difficult tournament to bet because of that, because you would think that there's a lot of randomness that goes into it, but Scotty Shefford just dominates this event. Why wouldn't he again? He's, he's the betting favorite. Odds are already posted for this on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And if you do want Tyrrell Hatton, I recommend getting on him right now at 40 to 1 before the odds reset on Monday once the bracket is released because I can't guarantee that his odds are going to be lower, but I would assume with the way that he is playing at the moment that his odds will be lower, especially considering he's probably going to be a one seed uh, in terms of the one through 16 all get one seeds favored in their group, and he's coming off two great performances. He won his grouping here last year, so that's the way that I would look into it. Let's talk about the courses of the final year that match play is happening, at least for now, at Austin CC. It is a fun track. It's scorable for almost everyone. It's 7,108 yards, par 71, Bermuda overseed with Poa Trivials. And it might be the last time that we see it, that cool bridge that goes on. Like, the final three holes are where you're going to really pick up your scoring. All are three of the four easiest holes on the course. Uh, but just to kind of take a look at what's going on here, you got par threes. The average length is over 180 yards, but hole 17 is only 150 yards. It's the second easiest hole on the course. The other ones are among the three of the seven toughest holes on the course. Hole 7 has the third highest bogey rate of any hole on this track. Uh, it is 18.3% and just has an 11% birdie rate. So par is probably going to win you there. Uh, if you can pick up strokes on that hole number 7, you're well on your way. Like par is probably not necessarily good for a hole win, but it's probably good for at least a push. The par 4s, the average length is only 413 yards. You know, 181 yards separate the longest and shortest par 4 on the course. So 
They don't all require the same skill set. Six of them, the majority of them, are under 400 yards. That's why you see some short smackers really kind of pop up over the years here. So we're going to take a look and we run the modeling at the holes that are a lot better and the guys that score on the shorter par fours on the course. Number 18, depending on the day and the wind, can be drivable. Saw Bobby Max stick one here a few years ago. Lefties have actually played really well at this course over the year. Not that we have a ton of them in the field. I believe it is only Brian Harmon at this point because I don't think that Higo ended up playing himself into the field. Sad, sad for Garrick Higo not getting into the field. The average length of the par fives is 577 yards. They're the three easiest holes on the course. Each of them have a birdie percentage north of 42%. Each of them have an eagle rate of more than 3% as well. So eagles, they're going to be out there for everyone. And just a refresher on the rules of match play. By the way, 64-player field broken down into 16 groups of four. Round-robin group play takes place Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, with players receiving one point for a win, a half point for a tie. The player with the most points in each group advances to the round of 16. Ties are broken by a sudden one-hole playoff. Sudden death. So it could go to two, it could go to however many much you want. But just because you beat someone in the round robin doesn't mean you automatically get the qualifier over them. So even if, let's say, Corey Connors beats Harris English, and they're both 2-1. and one. Connors doesn't automatically advance. They still go to the playoff for one hole to see who advances on a single elimination all the way through Saturday and Sunday. They play twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday to figure out who is going to be the champion. And this is one where you probably want to burn one of the top-end guys for one and done $3.6 million to the winner this week in Austin, Texas. So let's jump over to fantasynational.com. We have more players than needed actually in the field right now. I think we have 74 players loaded, and we do know the field as of right now. We're just making sure that no one else gets in, no one pulls out. But once the DraftKings, like the lineup generator, isn't available as of yet, it will be once the DraftKings pricing actually gets loaded into the system, and then we'll have all of the different rules that you can set in. It is super easy to use. Ditto for the uh, official bracket. The bracket, you know, it will be loaded once you know on noon Monday. Uh, but, you know, right now, since it doesn't exist, this is the link that it will go to uh, if you do want to print it. I think Jeff and I will fill out our brackets. We always have a ton of fun doing that every single year. Again, take a look back at the holes on the course. You can see, you know, the really short par three. And just to look at them in order, uh, yeah, just three super easy holes in 16, 17, and 18. You know, the easiest par three, the easiest par four to go along with a par five at number 16. And then you kind of have like groupings of very difficult holes 14 and 15, quite difficult. Uh, seven and eight, the third and hardest hole on the course. Number two, the second hardest hole on the course. Those are the longer par fours that we see. Then the short ones you can kind of make mincemeat of. There's a lot of holes here. You have five holes with birdie rates over 30%, and another one, two, three, four. Four, and yeah, we'll lump in, we'll round up for this one. So another five that are over 20% as well. So birdies are better. They make the scoreable for everyone. So you want to be pin seeking. Quadruple bogeys don't hurt you. It's just a loss of one hole. It's not that important. But be very wary trying to like, there's not a lot of great strokes gain that you can find for this because some guys win their matches seven and six and they don't play the final three holes. How do you really adjust for that? You want to get guys that do blow out the other opponent because you get to rack up extra points on DraftKings for that. Um, but you know, that's what we see here. There's not a lot of great data that comes from Austin Country Club. So let's jump back over to the Vesh. Let's jump over to uh, go to the wiki and go to the course history. 
here only because uh, you can just kind of see what's happened. This move to Austin Country Club in 2014, Jason Day won that year. Um, he had also pre 2016, sorry, in Austin. He had won previously at Dove Mountain over Victor Dubesson in the mountain. I used to love Dove Mountain. Now, that was an awesome course, but obviously they got rid of that. They did play at Harding Park one year, where that was the site where Morikawa won his PGA Championship. But since it moved to Austin, Day, Dustin, Bubba, Kisner, Horschel, Scheffler have all won. You've seen Kisner lose in the finals to Scheffler last year. He ended up winning, beating Matt Kuchar in the finals. Uh, just So it's basically Scotty Scheffler, Pete Dye guys and guys that do really well at RBC Heritage are the ones to look back through. One thing that I did do, and I will include this in the newsletter as we go through, will be the records for everyone total over the last three years. And if you do go on the wiki, uh, you can just kind of get a breakdown of what happened that particular year. There's just a lot of stuff to go through. I aggregated everything. Uh, you have you know, guys like Sam Burns haven't played here for reasons unknown. Uh, he didn't play last year. Who are the three guys that are skipping this? Rose, Thomas, and Day aren't going to play. I'm sure there's more, but uh, those are the big names that kind of jumped out to me as the ones that didn't want to play. Uh, the best records that we're looking at from all players in this field so far over the last three years, so 2019, 21 and 22. There was obviously no match play in 2020 because uh, of the COVIDs. Horschel is 9-3-1 and one with a first and two group wins over the past three years here. Corey Connors is 6-4 and four with a third place finish. You got some bad ones too, like Keegan is 0-2-4. He has four pushes. No wins, four pushes. Bez is 0-5-1 over those years. Who else? Let's see. Fleetwood's won a group, but he's 5-4-2 and two over that time. Hatton has a group win, but he's 4-4-2 four, four uh, over that stretch. Mac Hughes is 4-2-1 in his two starts, has a group win. I believe he advanced out of the Dustin group last year. Siwoo Kim is 2-7, but he went 0-3 two of those years and was 2-1 in the other year. Tom Kim making his debut. Kevin Kisner is 14-3 with a win in a second place. Matt Kuchar, 11-2-1 with a second and third over that time. Scotty Scheffler, obviously the cream of the crop. First and second, 10-2-2 two two in his two starts. Other than that, Zalatoris is 4-3-1 with one group win. Rom is 6-4-2 with two group wins. He did, however, lose to Dustin Johnson in 2017. He lost, by, he lost one down to Dustin Johnson in the finals uh, that year. And let's see, Bubba blew out Kisner. That was a big win for me. Uh, Bubba Watson. All in on Bubba Watson, the secret Pete Dye whisperer at that time. Uh, not really turning out to, to be so good for him at this point. Morikawa, 3-3-1 with a group win. Rory, 4-2-1 with a group win. Minwoo Lee is making a second start here, coming off a great players championship. Is 1-1-1. Made his debut last year. Mav McNeely was 2-0-1. Remains undefeated, but did not advance out of his group last year. Like I mentioned, all of these records are going to be posted in the newsletter that comes out on Tuesday this week, not Wednesday. You can sub for free down in the description right now, or just go to Mayo Media Substack, and you can check that out. Um, I apologize for my voice, by the way. I've been sick the last two days. You know, I had to get some spray on the go. It was like a soccer game. It was like I was in the World Cup. You know, I got to get the spray on the go. That way I can talk for at least like 30 minutes because the voice has been a bit raspy uh, throughout the course of everything that's going on. And I will say that Max Homa was 1-2 his first year, 2-1 and one the year after that. And we just have a bunch of guys who have either previously played uh, but not in the past three years or are making the, their debuts. Sam Burns, Cam Davis, Ricky Fowler hasn't played in the last three tournaments here. Ben Griffin, Ryan Fox, Adam Hadwin. 
Tom Kim, Chris Kirk, Kirk Kitayama, K.H. Lee are all 0-0, as is Adrian Moronk, Taylor Montgomery, Flea Market, Davis Riley, J.J. Spawn, Justin Suh, Adam Svensson, Nick Taylor, The Gala, Davis Thompson, Secret Pete Die Guy, Davis Thompson, by the way, unless you really look into round four at the players when he shot 79. It was going pretty well through that, so so far at the players, he's played well outside of one round and came second at PGA West earlier this year. So he's someone I'll have in my, depending on the grouping that he gets and what his odds are going to be, I might just look him up to see how he's doing. Cam Davis is another one who tends to play well at Pete Dye in shorter courses as well, and Cam Davis did not play in this a year ago, so he remains 0-0 despite his kind of weird up-and-down season that he's having so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go to the custom stat model and take a look at what I have built. Uh, Aggression. Aggression and birdies are what I really want to see this week. So off the tee. Weighted at 20%. Opportunities gained, 10%. So that's birdie chances or eagle chances inside of 15 feet. Birdies are better gained on the field. So it's a bit of everything, but it's just sort of opportunities gained with a bit more distance plus putting to go along with it. Approach, 25%. Proximity, 100 to 125. In case you got to lay up on these par fives or even on some of the shorter par fours, guys are going to get to their key spot somewhere in that range and just go pin-seeking the entire time short game 15 percent that's a combination of around the green and putting par fours 350 to 400 yards an eagle uh, that's weighted at 10 percent an eagle's gain weighted at five percent go this it's probably rom or scheffler or homa based on the recent play i have this set to the past 50 rounds at the moment as well and we kind of take a look at who does well on some of these other key factors uh more long term rory finau xander rom and scheffler are your top five then it's homa cantley sung Im. i don't think Im is but Im is one and two lifetime here and hatton and tom kim over the past 50 rounds here guys let's take a look at this key one first uh 300 to 400 yards so this is one that i think that loses more of its value the shorter you shrink the sample so i think 50 rounds is probably a pretty good one you saw what cam um what cameron young was able to do with the driver on shorter par fours or even reachable par fours at the open championship last year and he's actually putting some good runs lately uh, obviously the everything didn't work out for the best for him at the players championship it all kind of went tits up but uh, a lot of that was 
was it the final round that he kind of melted down in? He, he made that huge run on Saturday and kind of w- got whittled down. But he hasn't missed a cut since the Scottish Open a year ago. Uh, was very good at the Arnold Palmer. Continues to gain a bunch of strokes off the tee. Re- has rebounded quite nicely on his approaches. The putter is going to be an issue for him. No, that's nothing new for Cameron Young. But in match play... You know, you're going to be given a few gimmies here or there, but it's nice to see that his ball striking continues to be up. Of note on the course, uh, if you take a look at it, the average green size, 5,500 square feet. So on the smaller end of green sizes, 110 bunkers, five water hazards, but seven of those have water in play on them, if you wanted to know. So Cameron Young comes in with some really good form right now. I'm really shocked Jason Day has decided to skip this event, this feels like one where, I mean, I think he's going to qualify for the Masters anyway based on world ranking, but you think this would be a very easy opportunity at a course where he's won. He's been one of the better match play players in the world over the course of his career, but decided to skip this week, although we still have him listed right now. That will get updated on Monday once the bracket eventually gets released. So other guys who are really good at the shorter par fours, uh, Tom Kim, Rory, Rom, Denny McCarthy, who is in the field. Uh, he is 0-0 over the course of his career. Never played here in the last three times that they've gone. Finau, Ben Griffin, Cam Davis, Jason Day. There's Davis Riley making his debut. Cooch, Siwoo. Siwoo is such a weird outlier, like I mentioned. He went 0-3 back-to-back years. But he's a Pete Dye specialist, and he kind of rates out perfectly. Like, when you think, like, guys who go nuclear and pinsy, he is kind of the guy. Uh, but it's just funny that he doesn't rate out well here at all. How's Xander been doing? I know he made the run Sunday at the players. 19th. No great finishes. Like, even that run, he came third at the American Express, but he was never really in contention to win that event. That's funny looking back at Jason Day's season, too. He has all these top tens, but there's not really one tournament where you can point to on Sunday where it's like, man, Jason Day is firmly in the mix. He was just kind of back, played okay, but never really challenged for a victory. That kind of seems to be where Xander is heading for right now. I do worry. Now, this one you can kind of take with a grain of salt and put as much stock or as little stock as you want into it. Bat off the tee at the players and Arnold Palmer. Those are two really waterlogged courses where you know a few bad drives are really going to impact your numbers overall, especially when you play all four rounds, which he did. He made the cut at both of them. Nice to see the putter get back on the go. The chipping has been very good. And before the Florida swing, you know it looks like the irons have been coming back. So Xander in his career here is 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. Has never really got it going. Has yet to advance from the group stage, but still rates out very well long-term in all of the key stats that we're looking for for uh, opportunities gained uh, hot wedges basically or at least hot approach shots generating birdie opportunities rory like rory just rory's been annihilating the past 50 rounds hoagie cantley davis riley there's siwoo kitayama scheffler of course scheffler one off the tee top 10 opportunities gained He's still great in the 100 to 125 proximity the only thing like his short game kind of sucks from time to time because sometimes he doesn't putt and when he putts he tends to win. He almost won at the Arnold Palmer losing strokes putting. He barely gained strokes at the players putting. Had he have not made the bomb on eight on the 72nd hole, he would have lost strokes putting for the week, which is absolutely insane. His ball striking is just on another planet right now. So you, what you're hoping for here, which we haven't seen from him on these greens in his career, considering he's come first and second uh, both times that he has played, or you're just hoping for like what he did at the CJ Cup and just putted himself out of the tournament. That's the only, you have to pray that in one of the knockout stages, if you don't bet Scheffler, that he just has a shit putting round. 
and that is the absolute end of him. That's essentially what you're betting against this week, which is a very tough scene based on how he's going right now. The best from these wedge ranges, which you would think would correlate a lot, um, you have to have decent putting and how that goes, but on 350 to 400 yard par fours, the majority of approach shots, unless guys are really going for the green, which they're not most of the time. And outside of 18, you're probably not really going to do that at this course. Guys are just generating great proximity uh, from the key wedge range this week. So Hoagie, Rory, Lowry. Lowry's interesting because the ball striking has been immaculate for Shane Lowry. And I see Seamus Power still up there as well. Uh, someone who did advance in their first go here last year. Seamus Power 3-2 and two with a group win. Lowry, in his last three turns at this course, is 3-6, and six, but he's like a very good Pete Dye player. Just, I mean, it's not hard to figure out where it's going wrong for him. Can't putt. Just one problem. Not any good on the greens. The approach, fantastic. Off the tee, perfect. He had a bad Arnold Palmer, but a lot of that was just one really terrible horrendous Saturday round. Other than that, just if he could just get the putter going a little bit, uh, but they're probably, it's going to be like Morikawa. They're going to make him make his like three foot putts, which is uh, not great to see. Morikawa used to be like the king of these short holes, but over the past 50, I bet you it gets worse as we go along. You know, the wedge play is still good. He's like median in terms of like the short par fours and like drivable par fours and short par fours were his jam for the longest time. Although he did lead all players in approach at the players, which, you know, one hot putting week, we saw what he did day one at the players when the putter wasn't even hot. It was just fine. It was slightly above average. He's blowing everyone out of the water. But this is what really concerns me about Morikawa at the moment is his driving. Uh, normally, like when you, when he was running at his best, you just see it. He was gaining all the strokes on approach. It's not like he's not doing that at the moment. He's still gaining on approach every single week. He's still gaining almost every week off the tee, but he's not gaining enough off the tee. You see 1.1 over his past five. A lot of that happens to be from the farmers of when he drove the ball exceptionally well. But when you just kind of take a look at when he was in his hottest run here, you know, when he wins the open championship, 1.3, 4.2, 3.7, 2.3, you need him to be doubled up right now because his short game is going to be bad. His putting is going to be bad for the most part that he needs to make up those strokes with the driver and with approach or else it's going to be a really rough go for him. And when he doesn't have all of that clicking, he's so susceptible to just bogey streaks. And if you start even not not only bogey streaks, but even par streaks right now when everyone else is making birdies and you have these seven footers for birdie and you're just not converting enough of them. Like you're just going to be losing holes <laughs> right now. So tough scene for Colin Morikawa, but the odds have dropped to a pretty good point, as you can see, like 35 to 1. Pretty good in this field for a guy who went 3-0 and in his group and advanced last year and then lost in the next round. But, you know, does he have enough putting prowess to keep it going on the greens for all seven matches that you're going to be in form with? And like we've kind of seen, like Denny is actually kind of sneaky here because he's someone who actually like, can do that, like Kisner, like Matt Kuchar like Billy Horschel. Like that's how they're doing. And it's not like his overall game, like Denny's game. Let's take a look at Denny for a second. See how he's been doing. Like his ball string has been okay. Like it hasn't been disastrous. Like minus 2.3 at the Honda ain't great. He ended up missing the cut there. But like if you can just keep him around average, like he did at Pebble Beach, these are the types of weeks that, you know, every second week, what he is doing is, you know, gaining seven, gaining six, gaining four. 
gaining on the majority, averaging 2.4 strokes game putting in each of his past five tournaments. He's the type of guy, Herman was another one, just they can kind of go on these weird runs where they're just making everything. And their lack of distance isn't going to be an overwhelming drawback at this course. So as a first timer, I don't love it. I guess it depends on what his grouping is going to be, but he is someone I can see actually being pretty good. He's very good on these shorter, uh, long-term per fours between 350 and 400 yards. Let's shrink this down to past 12. Just see guys, uh, off the tee is not good for these, but we'll take a look at opportunities gained, birdies are better gained in that key proximity range over the past 12 rounds to see if we can sniff out someone else, uh, potential sleeper. I do like Min Woo Lee here. This is a Pete Dye course. So some of the Pete, guy, guy, Pete Dye guys are going to do very well, but it's kind of trying to figure out which ones are which here. So key proximity range over the past 12 rounds, Finau. It's funny that Finau keeps rating out so well in all these. Over the, he's number ten overall, but in this key wedge range, uh, he is the guy. He's five, three, and one, and has failed to advance out of any of the group stages over the past three starts that he's had at this course. But obviously, he ranks really good up there. Billy Horschel is another one. Maybe Billy Ho, who's had a lot of success in this tournament in the past. Obviously, what are his odds coming in? Have they buried him, or are they giving him the course history bump? He's fifty to one. It's not awful. He won this at 70 to 1 when he won. But what is he doing well and what is he doing poorly? Well, he can't drive the ball for shit right now. So that's not good. How is he coming into this? We don't have fan match play listed uh, as a part of the course history stuff here. So coming into this tournament last year, did he not play the players last year? That's weird. Honda, and he had two really good goes at Honda, was driving the ball incredibly well. The irons were going incredibly well. How about the year before that coming in? He was still driving the ball pretty well. It's just you know, a bad Arnold Palmer, but slightly below average. The irons weren't as good, but he was gaining off the tee, which we're not seeing from him. Hasn't gained over a stroke off the tee since last year's Wyndham Championship. So maybe, listen, I don't want to say this is the year it goes you know, kaput for Billy Horschel, but he does not have the same type of form as we have seen the last two years where he has a win and two group wins over that time, going 9-3-1. and one. Davis Riley, very interesting, and obviously having another good week at the Valspar as we speak right now. Is it all chipping and putting for Davis Riley? I mean, I mean, he missed the cut at the players, but still drove the ball pretty well. Drove it well at the Honda, drove it well at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, we can take a look at Davis Riley. I believe he's like, I believe his wins career-wise are like Texas wins. Uh, yeah, San Antonio. I guess Pan. I mean, that was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Panama as well. Very difficult, windy track. You can get some wind here, although it doesn't necessarily play all that difficult at Austin CC. So interesting to see with him. You know, plays harder courses typically a little bit better than easier courses. Uh, Kirk Morikawa, Scheffler. Oh, good. Scheffler's up there over the past time. Bez, who again is 0-5 and one at this tournament. Uh, Vic Perez is another one. Vic Perez actually made a huge run here in his only ever appearance. It's funny because he's four and three with a fourth-place finish. And four and three seems weird for a fourth-place finish, but he got out of his grouping, got all the way to the semis, lost, then lost the third-place game. So four and three doesn't seem like a great record, but did get there. It was nice to see him get his sea legs underneath of him. Uh, at the Valspar, ended up making the cut, so that's good news. Siwoo, Xander, man, Xander keeps popping in all these things. I don't like that at all. It means I'm going to have to, like, bet on Xander, which, oh, here, hopefully he has terrible odds. Let's see. Which he does. He has the fourth strongest odds at 14 to 1. No, thank you, Xander Shoffley. Uh, I would much rather bet Scotty Scheffler at 11 to 1 or John Rahm at the same number. Because, I mean, hopefully John Rahm's over the shits or whatever the hell he had at the players. Costing me a bunch 
on DraftKings lines. Not quite as much as Matthew Fitzpatrick cost me this week at the Valspar, or even Adam Hadwin for that measure, but... You know, I can see myself laying ROM this week. I went to the top of the board with Spieth at the Valspar, and hopefully that turns out good. Homa, I mean, I keep betting Homa every single week. It's worked once, and he continues to linger around. Three and three, lifetime. Kind of fits everything that you want to do. The opportunities gained has been bad for him, but he's not putted well through the, for his standards at least, uh, through the Florida stretch. Lost three strokes to the Arnold Palmer. Still came 14th. Led the field in approach at API. Had a bad first two rounds of the players. Ended up rallying to come in six. Slightly gained on with his putter. But it's nice to see his approach game pick him back up. If he can tie that with a great putting week, he's going to be pretty difficult to beat uh, at a track like this. And I think that he really gets jazzed up for the match play as well. Tommy. Tommy continuing to play some good golf at the moment. Uh, as we speak right now, he's in second place at the Valspar. By the time you listen to this, maybe he has won at the Valspar Championship. Who knows? Uh, but he continues to play well in terms of those short irons as well. Let's try to match up opportunities gained with keys there. Davis Riley is the best. Uh, first in opportunities gained and third in the key wedge range. Rom is kind of the opposite. He, so he's better from a bit longer back, at least recently. The wedges have been getting a little bit away from him, but on the par fives, that should still absolutely light it up. He's first in eagles gained over that stretch. And I actually, tra- it's funny that Scheffler, I probably trust Scheffler's putter a little bit more at this course, just based on the way that he has played. But overall, I mean, there's a reason that Rom was unbeatable until two weeks ago or whatever the hell it was. Now, Scheffler's unbeatable again. It's because Rom just putts every single week. Every week, dude's just doing it. Look, I mean, the American Express, he lost strokes putting and still won. But other than that, like, the consistency he has with his putter right now, I think is the really underrated part of his game, where he's just absolutely rolling everything in. You're not seeing those huge blowups. When he doesn't have his best stuff, he is still gaining on the field because the putter really makes up for it. And when he has one of his scorching rounds, Watch out. He's going to he's gonna beat someone like 7-6 and six in this, or like 8-7, and seven, just absolutely wax them. And you can see right now, opportunities gain. You can see there's Cam Young. He's up there right now. And the short game has been bad, but maybe he can try to make a putt on these greens. Siwoo, Cantley, McElroy, Lowry, Hatton. So it really seems like Hatton, Cam Young, Rom, and or Scheffler, whichever one you want to go to, and then Davis Riley. So Riley, Cam Young, Hatton. Hoagie should do really well on this course, but we'll see. I'm going to give a, a nod to Denny as well. Uh, whenever you see Denny's opportunities gain super high up, uh, you can probably mix that with some putting to go along with it. And all of a sudden, you got a stew going on that front. So I like to see that. Cameron Davis was another one who was doing a little. There's Spieth. I mean, I can see Spieth doing it. Anytime you're in Texas, you can't really uh, do. I mean, backing Spieth in Texas is usually a pretty good move. Yeah, Cam Davis, a string of miscuts. And then, boom, six of the players chipping and putting. I don't know whether we can trust him or not, but it does seem like if the putter can get hot enough, we do like him at shorter courses a little bit more than anything else. Let's turn on the Pete Dye filter over the last 12 rounds just to see if anyone is up there. That maybe, and we'll run it through the custom model as well, to see if anyone just outlier pops up. I'm sure Shane Lowry, Patrick Cantley, and Cam Davis are all going to be really good at this, but maybe there's someone we haven't seen as of yet pop up as potential sleeper plays that we can go to. Scheffler, Hovland, Henley. Okay. How did Henley end up doing it? I'm pretty sure he made the cut at the players. I know I backed him, but yeah, he was there. He was 19th. Bit of a better go for Russell Henley. Still gaining a bunch off the tee. If he can finally turn his approaches around, the chipping has been really good, and we know that he can get hot with the putter over time. What is Henley's record 
in this event. Henley is 1-4-1. and one. Nice showing. Great stuff there, pal. Let's see. Hadwin. Poston. What's the Postmaster General here? 1-1-1 one, one, and one in his one appearance, having a decent week at the Valspar. Hadwin, obviously, not a great week at the Valspar, as most of us who played him on DraftKings and bet him are f- far familiar with how poorly he did on that in that Friday round when he had a chance to make a move, but nope, did not have it going at all. Morikawa, Lowry, Svensson. There's Cam Young again. There's Cantlay. So it's Scheffler, Hovland, Hatton, Xander. Fucking Xander. Sungjae, Morikawa, Lowry. So if you do the Pete Dye filter, now obviously a lot of this has to do with Scheffler just dominating at the players last week. You don't see Rom up here at all. What are the Rom rounds? They're getting drawn from. Let's see here. Pete Dye filter for John Rom. Amex, where he won. Players, Amex, PGA. So not a lot of Pete Dye regular rotation courses. Yes, the Amex, but we're not seeing Heritage. We're not seeing Travelers on here. Um, so that's going to be a little bit tougher. I mean, the Zurich doesn't really count, although he does have a win at the Zurich with Ryan Palmer as a partner, as do Cantley and Xander together as a partner last year. Another Pete Dye course that you could potentially look at. So that's probably pretty good. We can take a look at the odds. Again, they're up on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Try to take a look at some of our long shots that we'd like. Probably if you want to bet Hatton, now's the time to do it. If you want to bet Cam Young, maybe he draws like Rom in his group or something like that. And then you're going to have to beat these guys anyway. So their odds will probably drop based on what they're going to like. Shane Lowry, 22 to 1. He's not going to be 22 to 1 uh, come Monday morning. He's going to be like 35 to 1. And if he's not, then he's unbettable at the number that he's currently going for. So, uh, guys on the board right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to get ahead of the game, I think that Morikawa and Tyrrell Hatton are probably the best looks that you're going to get. How I know Hideki finished really good at the players. I just want to take a ba- look back at Hideki for a second to see what he's really been up to here. Fifth, I mean, he was good across the board, gain on approach in three straight. He was Anderkurs at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Not as Anderkurs as Purdue was, but still not very good. I mean, he's been bad, but not really bad. He is, where's Matsuyama here? Do I have him under Hideki or Matsuyama on my sheet? Matsuyama, two, three, and one, has not advanced from the group. I think he's only played twice. Uh, he skipped one of the years, but... No, fifth of the players is actually pretty good for him. Is one of his shorter course at Sony before. 60 to 1 just seems like really good odds on Hideki at the moment. Montgomery at 60, and probably want more than that. Fleetwood at 60, ain't bad for the moment. But yeah, Hideki is probably the best of these longer shot ones. Denny at 80. Who are the other ones? Cam Davis, Seamus Power. How's Power been doing? As I mentioned, he advanced out of his group last week or last year, the best in the key proximity range, uh, even over the past 12 rounds, despite a kind of lack of results that we've seen from him. A miscut 72nd and 14th over his past three hasn't gained off the tee, not coming in with quite the fervor as he did to end last year, even coming into this last season. Let's see how he was doing i guess he didn't really have any form coming in last year either and still advanced out of the group stage was driving the ball a little bit better but the irons are doing a little bit better right now so yeah maybe we give a look to seamus power because he's probably going to go overlooked because of that recent form uh mcneely with smaller smaller greens is usually always a look but we'll see he's usually overrated in the market Where's Min Woo? Min Woo's not even listed here, but he's in the field, so I'm curious to know where he opens at. We did bet him 150 to 1 to win the Masters. If he's beyond 100 to 1, probably try to double down on that. Probably don't want to bet Thomas Peters, by the way, at 100 to 1, as he is 
on the live tour and not playing. Bobby Mack is like the sixth alternate for this, so he's also not playing. So keep an eye on that uh, when you're trying to make some of these future bets, because if you make a future bet, I'm sure if you complained, you'd get your money back. But by rule, they don't need to give you money back on a future if you've bet on someone who has not qualified for any sort of tournament. Pendrith has not qualified, or he is skipping this tournament because he's not listed in the official field at the moment. Matt Kuchar, he's not playing great, but he's someone who historically has done really well at this event. But I'll probably wait for McCarthy and Riley's odds to drop down a little bit and try to take a look at how they're doing. Once again, I apologize for my voice right now. Uh, I did make it through like 35 minutes of this, and that's great news. Once again, all of those records from the last three years I'll have posted in my newsletter that will get sent directly to you on Tuesday after we record the DraftKings show live on Mayo Media Network. So sub to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube right now. Jeff and I will probably go live at quarter after noon Eastern time on Monday because the bracket gets released at noon Eastern time. So I think it'll be fun. We'll do our bracket. We'll make our bets. We'll try to engage with the audience. Then Tambo and I will hammer down on the DraftKings picks and mainly strategy on the Tuesday show. Once again, once the DraftKings pricing is out, go to fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off. Recommend the monthly right now because you're going to want it for this. This is probably the most valuable week to have Fantasy National because of the lineup generator to make getting guys from each quadrant as easy as possible. You say, I want one from each quadrant, fill out your player pool, boop, generate, you are good to go. And you get 20% off the monthly. And it brings you through the Masters and the loaded field at the Heritage as well right now. You get month to month, so it'll take you through hell whenever you do it. If it's on the 21st of the 21st of this tournament's already started. Yeah, no, 21st is the Tuesday. So get it on Tuesday, get the monthly, get 20% off, get like five tournaments at 25% off. Would highly recommend that you do it, but the lineup generator is super savvy and instead of you trying to hand build your lineups to make sure this guy's in that quadrant that guy's in that quadrant now just tell the system what you want it to do very easy to use highly recommended and the easiest way to gain leverage on the field this week for the wgc the final wgc dell technologies match play smash the like on the way out that will do it for me i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time experience experience